let's see, keep it together and if I put that one there and, and uh, let's see, yeah, that's, that will be perfect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, 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 hello, hello everyone. Uh, my name is Peter. I'm the GM for this uh, weekly actual play podcast, The Experiment. When we first started, I had just read The Driver, a quick play scenario by Robin Liljenberg. I asked Curtis if he wanted to do a one-shot or something, and he said yes. But before we even started recording, it grew. The first couple of sessions, uh, his character Dan Smith uh, was created as we play. And the first episode is mostly improv, all the way. And from there I have uh, started to write the story. Uh, then we invited Minta Krikomi to join in as the character Wiki, a friend of Dan. And now I'm sitting here writing episode 4 and 5 already. There will be a few special guest stars in some future episodes as well. The two have already accepted their roles and a few more is uh, thinking about it. The whole idea uh, about this story is that... Oh, what the fuck? Oh, 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 shit. Uh, fuck. Sorry, sorry, I gotta take care of something. Uh, the swap dealer needs some more happy use. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Enjoy the show. Bye. Jersey City, early May 2016. Vicky. Yesterday Dan came to visit. He was pale, afraid. He said he had found something and now he feared for his life. He was going on about some files, the government. He said that they were on to him. Them? She never understood what files he meant or who they were. She comforted him and he seemed calmer when he left. She reminded him about the morning coffee that they used to enjoy together before work. He said that he'd be there. Then they both said goodbye. He didn't show up the next morning. There was no answer when she tried to call him and text him. She went to work. The day went by slowly, she worried. That afternoon she went by his house on Pine Street. His car was gone. He wasn't home. Damn him and his obsessions about conspiracies and the dark web, whatever he called it. He used to talk about it often. Maybe she should have paid more attention to what he said. She just knew that something was wrong. She had felt like this before, just before she lost her parents. They died right before her eyes when she was six years old. She didn't understand death at that point, but later she knew she had sensed it before it happened. But what could she have done? She was just a child. She had the same feeling now, for the first time since then. Something was wrong. Dan was in trouble. She just knew it. 
maybe worse. No, he wasn't dead, he couldn't be. The phone vibrates in her pocket. It's Dan, he's afraid and his breathing is uneven. He says her name, he's at a gas station. They are here. Vicky tried to talk, but he continues. He seems close to panic. Someone is screaming in the background and the call is cut off. He had done something bad, something stupid. He didn't know why and he never said what it was. The last thing she heard him say was that he thought he had killed someone. A desert road, it's evening. You have just passed the gas station with your car. You don't have time to stop and there's no need to. You are fleeing from something. You have something with you, something that someone wants to get back. Can you tell me about your situation? I have information, some stolen computer files that I've taken from the web. I'm not real sure exactly what to do with them just yet, but things haven't been right since I found them. You are maybe five minutes away from the gas station now. You take a look in the rear view mirror. The road behind you is empty, just as it is ahead of you. Movement catches your eye. There's something dashing out in front of the car. An animal, perhaps. You instinctively try to steer away. I want you to roll, act under pressure to avoid it and decide what your coolness is. I'm not that great under pressure. I stay reclusive most of the time. I should probably give myself a minus on this one. It's probably one of my worst. That would be a seven. A seven. You think you avoid it, but the car hits something else at the side of the road. It bounces off the road and uh, it comes to a stop after a while, almost 60 feet away. You look back to the road and you remember to breathe again, but there's something wrong with your car. Steam and smoke is rising from the front of it and uh, it feels funny where it stands. What do you do? Damn it. All right, this is... This is not good. I would have pulled the car over. When you pull the car over to the side, it starts to wobble one of your front wheels. It's not right. No, I've bent something. Probably somehow poked a hole in my radiator or something. Damn it. Out here in the middle of nowhere. I need to see what it is I hit. Is it big? When you look back to the road, do you step out of the car? Yes, I'm gonna get out of the car and inspect the damage. The first thing you see is uh, one of your front wheels is leaning to the side. You can't drive anywhere with this car now. When you look up towards the road, you see nothing. Probably ran away into the desert somewhere. The sun is uh, on its way down and you can feel a cool breeze. You don't see anything other than a rock that you hit with your car. Man, I did a lot of damage to my car just to get up and run away. Alright, sun's going down. I have my thumb drive in my coat pocket. I'm gonna have to walk back towards the gas station. The radiator is probably broken, as well as the one of the front wheels. Yeah, this is not good. This is several days in a repair shop at best. Make sure I have the important things. The thumb drive, I've got that. That's the most important thing. All right, um, 
Thank goodness the sun's going down. Uh, all right, I'm going to start walking. You let out a sigh and you try to calm down a bit as you start to walk. At least the heat is uh, not so bad now. Can you describe your appearance? Yeah, um, my name's Dan. Um, I'm not very well kept. I've got a bit of a beard and my hair's kind of a mess. I, I try to keep it straight, but I, I spend a lot of time alone. I, I do dress fairly nice, though. I like to look okay. I have some slacks on. Not expensive. Uh, a shirt. Uh, actually have a tie on and, and a jacket. I don't know. It's something I liked about my grandfather when he was growing up. He said everybody wore a tie. So I have my tie. I, I, it's loosened now, though. I'm out in the desert. It has been a hot day. You feel a change in the air as you walk along the road. It's darker than normal. You see no stars and no moon. Doesn't feel right. The road suddenly have large cracks and the lines are almost completely gone. As far as you see, there's only desert and you get the feeling that something is very wrong. I want you to roll, keep it together and decide your willpower. I'm gonna make it a one and keep it together. Seven and a six, so um, 13. Oh, plus one, 14. You feel uh, a little bit stressed and uh, the darkness doesn't feel right. I want you to choose uh, a disposition from keep it together and tell me how you react to the darkness and the feeling. Something. It's not... I don't remember it being like this when I drove past here the first time. I thought the road looked rather well. I don't understand why the... Where are the stars and the moon? I don't know. It must, it must just be that time of the year. The moon's coming up late or something. I'm not real sure about that. The air feels so heavy. I'm feeling distracted. I've started to become aware of some pretty weird things in this world. It's kind of what this information on my file has been about. And the more I've discovered this darkness, the more interesting it's been to me. It frightens the hell out of me sometimes. But the more I walk, it's very compelling to see these changes happen right in front of my eyes. It's distracting. I almost tripped thinking about it because I'm not paying attention to where I'm going. Do I see the gas station? Are there lights on up ahead in this darkness? You haven't seen it yet. And the cracks in the road becomes larger and larger. There are even uh, holes. And some of the holes keep going down. See only darkness when you peer down to them. You don't see the bottom, but they they aren't uh, very big, you know, maybe uh, two feet wide at most. After a while, uh, you see the gas station, but it's, uh, it's not the same gas station. It's a small gas station with only two pumps, and it looks like a, a ruin. It looks like it's from the 50s. There's no one there. Beside the gas station, you see a, a yellow cab, broken down, rusty. And suddenly, there's a voice in your head, a woman's voice. You have a secret, don't you? The landscape around you fades out. Darkness encircles you. Another scene comes into focus. You have a flashback. Can you describe where you are? Tell us about your dark secret. At home, I call it my office. It's, it's a garage. I keep all of my computer equipment in there. 
I like to work in the dark sometimes with just the light of the screens. I have quite a little setup, or at least I did. I was just in the information rabbit holes in the web like I usually am, trying to find information about strange things, things, you know, I'm obsessed with the government and uh, conspiracies. There's so much that goes on out there in this world that we are kept from as if we were all idiots. I stumbled across a, a website. I'm having a hard time exactly remembering what the name of it was, but there was so much dark information, but it it seemed to link back to the government. I I couldn't make heads or tails of it, so I I did some hacking and got in to the main server of this place. There was a whole bunch of information, and I knew it was information I was not supposed to have. I don't understand it all. I have to make sense of the links, but I downloaded it. I stole it, and... Ever since I did, things weren't the same. I, I, I think they know. I think they, they may know who I am, but I have their secrets. Stuff I'm not supposed to have. Everything goes black. You feel as if you're lying on something hard, strapped down, too weak to move or talk, confused and so sleepy. You open your eyes, but there's only darkness. Is this the one? The voice of a man says, demanding and a little bit annoyed. A woman answer, the same woman's voice you had in your head before. Yes, he haven't interacted with the others. We know little about him. The man's voice comes back. Strange, I thought they would be together. Where is he? I don't know, he haven't showed us much. He talks about a secret. The woman sound tired. The man lets out a short laugh. <laughs> Don't we all have secrets? Our subjects probably more than most. The voices fade away. You hear them talk, but you can't make anything out. You open your eyes and you see a fist flying towards your face. It connects and you fall back with a bloodied nose and in pain. I want you to roll into your injury and decide your fortitude. Um, I'm gonna give myself a zero. Fortitude. Sixteen. Double eights. You ride out the pain and keep going. What the fuck are you doing here? This is my world. You can't fucking be here. The man paces back and forth, raging on and on. You motherfucker! He is in his eighties, dirty and full of scars, crazed by anger and hatred. You hear me? He's dressed in old, worn-out clothes, with a 50s look to them. Not the clothes an old man would wear normally, more like the clothes of a college student or something. You fucking piece of shit! This is my road! You hear me? I'm gonna have to kill you! He pulls out a switchblade and throws himself towards you, screaming. Behind him you see the gas station. You're back on the road. What do you do? Oh my god. Um, he's on the road with me? Yeah. Coming at me. Yeah, with the switchblade. I'm going to try to move out of the way. Maybe he'll go past me and I can run. Yeah, you wanna roll for avoid harm and decide on your reflexes. 
Yeah, I move fairly quick. With a two, that's a ten. Ten. Uh, you avoid him. Uh, his knife uh, cuts into your jacket, but it doesn't uh, do any harm to you. He takes a step back, and he's in full rage, anger, and he jumps on you again, screaming, I'm gonna fucking kill you! I'm gonna try to run. You can uh, turn and run or go past him to, towards the gas station. Yeah, I was hoping to get past him on that first attack, but this time, yeah, if, if I can, uh, try to, uh, to get around him if he's coming at me somehow move past him and run towards the light of the gas station although it doesn't look very helpful maybe i can hide or be safe no he stands in the way and uh, all around you there's open desert it's just the gas station behind him maybe 30 40 feet away you can you can try to avoid harm again and dash past him if you want yeah i'm gonna do that running out into the middle of the desert does not seem the right thing to do um eight uh, you're too slow and uh, you have to roll another endure injury when his blade connects with your stomach. Ten. Uh, you are still standing but you feel you feel the steel penetrate your skin and uh, you got a serious wound the side of the belly. You don't know how bad it is but it's... Uh. It's very painful and you take a step back and you feel the knife slide out and he jumps on you again. You think you're gonna have to fight this guy or die. Alright, um, I have to go for the knife. I have to try to stop his hand with the knife. I'm gonna use both of my hands and just try to grab his wrist. You can roll for engaging combat and decide your violence. Alright, I... Uh... Give a minus one to violence. I'm not. I. I I'm, I'm not a violent person. Okay, come on. Oh, Goddamn six. Six. Your attack doesn't go as anticipated, and uh, he cuts you in the hand with his knife as he's uh, screaming into your face. Uh, you feel the breath of him. It smells like his teeth are rotten, and he's screaming, "You motherfucker!" over and over again. The cut in your hand isn't very serious. It's a lot of pain and you, you move back and he lunges at you again. Who are you? I'm gonna to continue to try to fight him and protect myself. It's my road. They put me here. You better disappear or I'm gonna kill you. And the knife comes forwards again towards your throat this time. I'm gonna move out of the way and try to avoid that harm. Avoid harm. 13. You avoid it, but uh, he comes at you so hard, he stumbles over you and you both fall, him on top of you. Mm. And you, you hit the road hard, pain in your lower back, and he is upon you, drooling. You feel his saliva in your face and you see the knife is coming down towards your eye, fast. Your arms are locked. You can try to move your head to the side, or maybe try to grab him. It's up to you. How are my hands restrained? Uh, he's, uh, he's lying on top of you, and uh, one of your hand is uh, under his other arm, and the other arm is uh, under his knee, as he kind of straddles you. Alright, so my first instinct is to move my head, and I will try to get an arm free. I have to try to get that knife somehow. That is my goal, besides just staying alive. Yeah, you can roll for engaging combat, not avoid harm in this situation. 
Nine. Got <laughs> terrible rolls. At least you know I'm not cheating. Yeah. You, you don't get any arm free, and the knife connects with your eye. And you can roll into your injury. Ten. You receive a serious wound, and you can't see anything with your left eye. He punctures your left eye, and you scream out in pain, and everything goes black. You hear a man's voice. Is he okay? You begin to fall. Everything around you fall. The darkness is uh, back and you're falling. Uh, you don't feel uh, the man's weight on you any longer. But you feel someone touch your, your hand. A woman's touch. I don't know, doctor. You recognize her voice. You have heard it before. There is something there with him. I think he's in danger. Is it someone of the other subjects? You can hear excitement in the doctor's voice. This is remarkable. I think there was something on uh, Dr. Kennedy's tapes about... A few moments of silence. Then you hear the man say, I'll be right back. And you wake up on the road. Beside you, the old man lies on his back. His eyes wide open. And you see uh, a creature standing beside him. Feeding on his flesh, on his uh, chest, stomach, and his arm. You see shadows moving towards you. This creature is uh, the size of a child, maybe a teenager in size. It has no hair and no eyes as your skin there. The mouth have uh, teeth that move in his mouth. And he's taking large chunks of meat from the old man who appears dead. You are in heavy pain. You have a piercing headache and you can't see clearly. You remember the knife penetrating your eye earlier. You see the gas station 30 feet away and more creatures are coming out of the desert towards this man. They are concentrating on him right now. They doesn't appear to see you since they have no eyes and you haven't made any sound yet what you do. I'm going to be very, very still, using as much of my peripheral vision to take all this in. How far away is the old man? He's uh, maybe five feet to your left side. I'm going to slowly try to put my hand up to my aching eye. I just want to make sure the knife is not still stuck in my face. Yeah, there's no knife there. Okay. You feel the blood and you, you can't see anything with that eye at the moment and it hurts like hell. Five of these creatures comes up to the man and start to feed just like the first one. They are almost ecstatic as they feed on him and you see they feed fast and when they are done they might smell you. Yeah, I'm very afraid of that. I have to um, give myself a little Gooch. I know it's going to make noise. I want to see how they react before I just try to jump up. So uh, I'm going to, I'm on my back. I'm going to kind of push myself just a few inches with my legs. I know it's going to make noise. I just, I'm really wanting to see what they do. If they're going to be on me, they're going to be on me, even if I jump up and run. So I just, I, this is my method of testing their reaction, I suppose. I'm, I'm weird and analytical this way. <laughs> uh, you move a bit and uh, you see uh, the closest one. He hears you and uh, his head moves towards you, but it uh, it moves back 
and he continued to feed. It seems he knows that you are there, but he's uh, occupied with, with this man now. Mm. All right, that's what I was afraid of. All right, my heart is beating, but I have to make, I have to make it as one quick movement as I can to roll over onto my stomach, jump to my knees, then to my feet, and sprint as fast as I can in the direction of that gas station. And that's what I do, or try to do. Yeah, you get up and you start to run. Uh, there's only one small building. As you come close to the doorway, you see something move inside. It's moving on all four. And you see it's uh, another one of these creatures, small, naked. It's in the shadows, seems to hide. As you are in the doorway, and as you see it, you can, you can even hear it breathe. Fast, scared, maybe, or excited. It's behind one of the store shelves in the gas station. The store is dusty. Most wares are long gone or destroyed. Like uh, if it was abandoned years ago and everything had a 50s look to it. There's nothing modern in here. You see a back door on the other side of the store. Did the others the, uh, that were feeding on the old man, they didn't do anything when I ran off, no, did they? they? I mean, I didn't look. Just they, might, they might have... They are still uh, feeding on the man and uh, okay. they are probably occupied for at least maybe two, three minutes, you think. This place is not going to be safe. Um, damn it. I guess I'm just going to have to run. Maybe I can find a place to hide. You also see the, the yellow cab on the side of the gas station. It's old and rusty and you're pretty sure it, uh, it won't start. Besides uh, that car and the gas station, there's only open desert around you. Right. Okay. I'm going to slowly back out of the door. Yeah. And um, just make a nice quick pace over to the yellow cab and see if it opens. When you come close to it, you see that uh, the passenger door isn't fully closed, so you can open it if you want. Yeah, I'll open the passenger door, and barring anything crazy, I'm going to get in. When you open the door, it creaks, but you get it open and no one seems to be aware of where you are at the moment. You get in. It's old, and most of the leather is gone, and the springs in the seats is visible. It smells of rust and mold and a little bit of iron. Well, it's not going to be comfortable, but maybe it'll be safe enough to wait out these whatever they are. Um, yeah, I'm gonna close that passenger door as hard as I can. I want to make sure it latches. Yeah, it does, and you feel uh, a little bit safe. But I want you to roll, keep it together anyway, now that the adrenaline is somewhat moving away from you. Right. A nine. You start to shake, and uh, you almost start to cry even. You can lower your stability by minus two, and uh, you're close to panic. You have a piercing headache, and you hide as best as you can in that car. Can you tell me a little bit about how you feel at this moment? I'm, I'm scared. This is, these are monsters. I, this is not what I was expecting. Checking my, the wounds where the knives got me, palpating my eye. Ah, oh, eh, and uh, I'm just 
scared. I, I hope I can survive the night. Only daylight is going to make these things go away in my mind. Uh, the wound uh, in your eye, uh, you have noticed that uh, you start to see a little bit. It's very painful and uh, you think uh, he missed uh, the center of the eye and just uh, pierced it on the side. But the blood is uh, filling up your eye all the time and you have to blink or keep it closed. But after a while it starts to hurt and when you open it, uh, it just gets worse no matter what you do. But you, you can see with it a little bit. When you look at the wound in your stomach, it's bleeding pretty much, actually. It's an open uh, piercing wound, and you think you need to do something to make it stop. Alright, I'm going to tear off, untuck my shirt and tear off a piece of cloth from the bottom, and use my tie, and try to fashion some sort of bandage over this wound. This is not good. I'm thinking about infections. and So, yeah, put that cloth on there and take my necktie and try to tie around and hold it in place as best as I can. You can roll, uh, act under pressure. See how you do. Uh, minus two. I'm not expecting much. Uh, not, uh, it's actually a six. Um, yeah, 14. You do it... Uh... Pretty good. Uh, and you stop the bleeding. At the same time as you are done, something is uh, throwing itself, its whole body, against the door where you sit. And you see this uh, eyeless face of a monster on the outside, bloody around its mouth. The mouth is its round, and the teeth in the mouth, they are moving around like they are jointed or something. It looks very strange and they have no hair. Their skin is uh, gray and hey, they have dark, almost black veins pulsating all over their bodies. One of them is throwing itself at the car over and over again, but they make no other sound. You don't see any of the other creatures, just this one. This is going to be a long, scary night. I'm just there's nothing I can do. I just have to let it beat on it and hold myself together as best as I can. These creatures, they look human, but they aren't. They're completely naked, and one thing that you notice after a while is that they seem to have no, no gender. It's just a creature. After a while, it stops and walks away on all four disappears into the gas station. You don't see any of the other creatures. You have been in this uh, car maybe 20 minutes now. The pain in the eyes is getting worse by the minute and you feel you feel sick, tired, dizzy. What do you do? Uh, my plans are to just sit here in this uncomfortable musty car and hope that I stop bleeding. Uh, I feel tired. Maybe I should sleep to pass the night. He didn't get in. He didn't get in the car. I, I think I can feel kind of safe. I don't know that my mind will allow me to sleep, but I'm just going to try to... I'm going to shut myself down as much as I can and get through this night. It takes a while. Maybe an hour. Maybe two. You're not sure. But after a while, you, you drift away and you sleep. 
you have seen uh, more of these creatures roaming around in the area before you fell asleep. They seem to use the gas station as their ground and uh, you think there, there must be at least 10 of them, maybe more, but you fall asleep. And when you wake up, a sharp light above you hurts your eye, especially your left eye, and you have to blink as to look to the sides and try to focus. You are strapped down on the metal table. You are naked and you're not able to move. You're hooked up to a machine and several tubes are attached to your body. There are others just like you around you on metal tables. You count 11 of them, all hooked up to tubes and some kind of machine, all naked. Two tables away you see a, a doctor standing over another one. These, These two, two are, are dead, dead, you hear him say. He's in his fifties. Uh, he turns and starts to walk towards you. A young woman, a nurse maybe, walks up from the other side. This, this one, one is, is awake, awake, she says, looking straight at you. He's, He's the, the one that uh, aren't interacting, interacting with the others, but he but travels somewhere. somewhere. You feel that you are able to speak if you want to. The nurse stands to your right and the doctors to your left. I can lift my head and look around a little bit, I assume. Yeah. They don't seem to pay much attention to you. The doctor is looking in a in journal and the nurse is looking at the machine and at another book, a black book that she makes a few notes in as she seems to read something from the machine. Yes, this is... Uh, all right, I'm not in the desert. That's good. Okay, how do I... Who... Where am I? Who are you people? Hello? The doctor uh, twitch a, a bit when you when you start to speak, but he, he doesn't look at you. And he he clearly hears you, but he's, uh, he's making, making an effort not to pay attention to you. The nurse, uh, she doesn't uh, react at all. The nurse is maybe 25 years old. I think you're right, doctor. The new serum works much better than the old one, she says. The man goes through a journal and looks at you. After a while, he answered the woman. Yeah, fear is really the key. We should give him more and see if he will go where the others are. Keep a close eye on this one. There's something special about him. The nurse answers. Yes, Dr. Hall. She presses a few buttons on the machine and a blue liquid flows through the tubes and into your body. You start to feel fear again. They don't listen to you, whatever you say or if you scream. You feel fear like you never have felt before. You scream and everything goes black. You are back at the gas station in the desert. But this time it's, uh, it's the modern gas station you passed just a short while ago. Just minutes before your car broke down. This time you have just stepped out from the store. This was not how it happened before. You're confused. Before? What's this? Something is not right. Am I going crazy? A young woman comes up to you as you are about to enter your car. Alicia West, she introduced herself. I could really need some help. You recognize her, but you can't place her. What do you do? Wow, I'm thinking to myself about... She's familiar. What in the world is going on? Uh, you... Help? Um, I'm sorry, I... 
<laughs> My mind is elsewhere. Um, yes. I, I, what did you need some help with? Are you Are you feeling okay? You seem uh, You seem a bit. Is there something wrong? No, I, I, I might have been something I ate. Um, just kind of a little bit out of it at the moment. Um, what can I do for you? Uh, do you know how to change uh, uh, the wipers on the windscreen? Oh, uh, yeah, I've I've done it a few times. I I asked in there, but they they didn't have time, and and I think it's gonna rain. Of course, yeah, um, I can help you. Um, I'm, oh, oh, thank you. It's it's just uh, over here. She points to a, a small Honda, maybe 30 feet away in the parking lot. There's no one else there. You see a couple of customers in the gas station. And there's a, a few cars standing in the parking lot. Is my car in the parking lot? Yeah, okay. it is. And it's uh, it's not destroyed or anything. It's actually uh, beside her car. Alright, so I'm taking all of this in. This is... okay. I think I remember maybe some things about this that I've seen. This is nuts. Um, okay, focus. Focus. Yeah, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, here, do you have the wiper blades? Yeah, she hands them to you. And she stands uh, to look at, at you from the side. And as you start to open them, uh, you recognize her as the nurse. And it all comes back to you. Just when you recognize her, you feel a sharp pain in your neck. And uh, when you're about to turn, you hear a man's voice from behind. Fast! Open the car door! The woman responds. Yes, Dr. Hall! And opens the door. Once again, you are swept away by the darkness. Thank you for listening to The Experiment, a Cult Divinity Lost actual play podcast from TTRP Theater featuring Peter Samuelson, Minta Krigomi, and myself, Curtis Wilkins. The game, Cult Divinity Lost, is produced by Homecast. Music used in this episode is thanks to Koak and Incompetech. Find our other stories live on Twitch or later on YouTube. Podcasts are available on multiple platforms. If you like what you heard today and would like to help support and improve TTRP Theater, visit our Patreon page today. Benefits start for as little as $1. Thanks again from Minta. Peter and myself and all of us here at TTRP Theater.